Hello, Erica. Hello, Stephen. Sleepy Doctor Who is back. We're almost done. It's so close. <laughs> we, well, we've watched uh, the end of the Doctor Who and the Silurians. Yes, the definitive article of the Doctor <laughs> Who and the Silurians with yeah. episodes five and uh, six and seven, rather. Yeah, six and seven. Yeah, and now we just have to talk about it. And then we can take a rest. Go to sleep. We can go to sleep. Yeah, like literally that will be the next thing yeah. that I do after posting the episode is going to sleep. Yeah. Since I have to get up and record Verity at the obnoxiously early time of 10 a.m. tomorrow, which for me in a weekend is terribly early. Now, well, A, I didn't schedule that Verity recording, so I hope you're not blaming me for that. Oh, no, of course not. No, I, I only did that so that you uh, would not blame me for anything. Uh, and B, you're recording after the Radio Free Scarrow recording, mm-hmm. which is usually at 9 o'clock uh, our time, so... This is normal for me. Yeah, you also don't need as much sleep as I do, so meh. That's true. Although I didn't I did require an hour long nap <laughs> earlier this evening. I also required an hour long yeah. nap and failed utterly in trying to take one. Yeah, perhaps you should have had a Silurian hibernation machine as <laughs> I did. You could have adequately slept. Yeah, that would uh, that I could I could use one of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um the the plague hit and uh, Doctor Who and Liz had to um, solve it, but not before. There was some pretty grim death scenes and stuff. Uh, yeah, it really felt very much like the beginning of The Stand. And just it, that was that was a little hard to watch because honestly, uh, our world as it stands now is basically on the brink of like that could happen. That kind of like super plague mm-hmm. could happen any day. <laughs> like... It's a coming. Yeah. So thanks, anti-vaxxers. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's not just the anti-vaxxers. I think it's even more uh, the overuse of antibiotics, especially on livestock. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's there are many factors. Many factors. Uh, you know, the world has a lot of people in it, and they travel back and forth all over the place. So it's very. You know, this was a good example of that. Masters decided to be decided to be selfish, and you know, oh, I'm gonna be fine. I'm or even if he didn't think he was going to be fine he wanted to make it back to london anyway mm-hmm. and ended up he was the vector that infected all of those people and then you know it even got all the way to france and had the doctor not come up with uh, a cure for it <clears throat> would have you know probably fairly quickly uh, enveloped the world i feel like nowadays it would happen even faster because the transportation between mm-hmm. places is even quicker and you're saying that, um, you know, uh, viruses that strike so quickly actually mm-hmm. f- die out fairly quickly, too, because they're the people they infect die so quickly they don't have a chance to infect anyone else. That's true. That is uh, that is what I have read. So, I mean, something that's quite like this virulent that, you know, it's, an hour later you're mm-hmm. dead isn't maybe going to have a chance to spread quite as far. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, in the real world, we could very easily get, come along with something that, you know, takes like a good week to incubate in your body and then it kills you. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that could <clears throat> think about how far you, something could spread in a week. Yeah. <laughs> That's scary. Let's stop talking about that. Yeah. Cause the doctor found a cure and with lots of science. Yeah, there was, yeah, that was the one part of the story that I really felt dragged. Um, science is cool, but when he and Liz were just like, you know, it's just the doctor taking pipettes and right. you know readying slides for the microscope i i appreciate the attention to detail mm-hmm. but i didn't need to see all of that again and again well they did the uh, traditional um 
<clears throat> doctor does science thing in you know in a montage with dissolves into people answering phones and mm -hmm. looking flustered and stuff because that's what uh william hartnell's doctor did in the ark mm -hmm. as he's trying to find a cure for the common cold and they're doing all those sorts of things and 20 to 40 seconds later they found it and mm -hmm. and that's also kind of what they did after that long um stretch of science uh, yeah Yep. Yeah. And I mean, it was like it got, it drove it drove home the point that this is an arduous process. And, you know, by the end of it, you have, you know, Liz very, very sleepy and even the doctor kind of getting tired out and stuff. So mm -hmm. it served a purpose, I guess. But it felt a little it felt like padding a little bit. Well, uh, that's probably a reason for that, because I think when uh, I, I can't remember this now, but when Malcolm Hulk submitted his idea for the story, I think it was a six part. But um, Terrence Dix and um, Barry Letts were sort of like handed, hey, guess what? Uh, Derek Sherwin uh, did these um, seven-part stories, three seven-part stories, which you now are taking over and, and, and doing. So you are stuck with seven-part stories. So they basically says, well, what could we do for another episode? Instead of tacking one and on the end, they more or less sort of created this, this plague subplot, which kind of, you know, gives a there's an ordeal to be had and, and something to solve and stuff, but it doesn't really actually affect the overall story that much at all because, you know, the Silurians even lay low as the doctor says and let the virus do its work. And then it doesn't. And then the doctor, you know, he gets kidnapped anyway. And the Silurians say, well, the virus didn't work, but we'll now do the thing with the, mm -hmm. probably what we would have done two episodes ago with your nuclear reactor. Yeah, but I think the virus setting that on, like, killing so many people mm -hmm. sort of makes the brigadier's determination at the end to blow up the That's base uh, have a little bit more weight. If that, if none of that stuff had happened, I mean, I don't know if they would have changed the ending or if they would have left it the same. If they would have left it the same, then I think I would have had even, like, I would have had more trouble with the brigadier uh, making that decision. As it is, I can see why he did it. Yeah. Even Liz is, you know, saying, you know, the Brigadier says, what do I do? You know, well, rescue the doctor, you know, mm -hmm. because they'll like go and invade and rescue. Like, yep. she's going to like, let's do this. I'm kind of done with them, too. Mm -hmm. mm. Yep. In, and at the end, you know, the doctor's very, very upset, understandably. You know, that's murder. And Liz just, you know, she looks at him like she understands how he feels. But I also get the impression that she understands why the Brigadier did what he did and why the government, government would make that choice. Right. Because... You know, if they can come up with one virus that kills uh, apes, mm -hmm. maybe they could come up with another one. Or maybe they have some other technology that they hadn't even brought out. Maybe they have a secondary machine that could uh, completely wipe out the Van Allen belt. Yeah. Like, that's that's a, 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 dangerous, um, a dangerous group of individuals to, to leave around. Mm -hmm. But I still, you know, obviously, I don't think that was the right choice. I think the doctor had the right idea in that, you know, if you revive them from hibernation, hibernation one by one, then you can, you know, have control over them, yep. take them captive uh, and and reason with them and perhaps <clears throat> learn from them. Just the way Dr. Uh, what's his face? Quill? Quinn. Quinn, yep. Just the way Dr. Quinn wanted to in mm -hmm. the first place. And, you know, everybody lives happily together and the planet moves forward. But instead, uh, no murder the easy, brutal military way, as the doctor, I'm sure, would mm -hmm. think about it, is the, uh, is the choice that's made. And I'm sure that won't have any kind of repercussions in the future. 
I suppose not. I, I find it fascinating that, um, uh, I don't know what you're referring to, actually. I'm just saying that there are later episodes where oh. they have trouble with uh, the Silurians and their their relatives yeah. again. And if they had actually started the process yeah. of yeah. negotiating and, and living with them at this point, all of those future stories mm-hmm. would have been averted. I think you're... Um you're sort of covering the the similarities, perhaps, between this and the Hungry Earth, Cold Blood on on Verity. Is that right, it's, or is that a, a, an aspect that you're not going to cover? I have no idea. Okay. I mean, yeah, I am moderating, but I, I, probably that will come up. I would guess. I only ask you that so I won't ask you it here, so you don't dump. I don't care if I don't. I'm so tired right now. <laughs> like seriously, it's like that point where you're. It's painful to be awake right now so do whatever you want i won't bother asking that i will say that uh it's intriguing that the last line of the episode the doctor says to the brigadier when he's in the caves you know when he sort of says oh i'm gonna, I'm gonna revive them of course and the brigadier is just like apoplectic revive them mm-hmm. oh we gotta you know one at a time so we can negotiate the wind and stuff like that but then he says uh there's a wealth of scientific down knowledge down here and i can't wait to get started which is almost mm-hmm. exactly what dr quinn was going for he wanted knowledge as well yep. and now the doctor is sort of hooked in by this too and that's the moment where the brigadier says no this has to go because i don't actually trust the doctor on this one mm-hmm. and i have to go with my own my own gut it feel it almost feel well it might have been the brigadier's idea uh and went to the ministry and got okay yep. to do it because you know he's he fully understood the situation more so than the ministry did mm-hmm. yeah and i think you know, the doctor proved in the last story that he is not entirely to be trusted because he said he was going to stick around and help help unit. And then he immediately tries to leave as soon as he gets the key to the TARDIS. Yeah. So it's not like he's really demonstrated that he uh, necessarily has the best interests of unit or even the Earth entirely in, in mind when it comes to his own uh, interests. Yeah. Like if there's something... Yeah, like I don't think he would ever throw over the earth and and let the Silurians, um, you know, kill all life or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But yeah, uh, opening that door could be a dangerous thing because, you know, the doctor might have too much trust in them and then they'd be up up the creek again. Yeah. Maybe. I know. And the Silurians quite clearly proved to be very antagonistic by the end i mean they're bursting into the control room you know killing scientists pushing people around i mean they're very much the the antagonists in this situation they, they have they have lost any any possible support they could have got except for the doctor oddly um who still feels optimistic that they can, he can do something with the right silarians i guess but um yeah because the original leader was, was somebody that could be reasoned with mm-hmm. uh so i guess the doctor's he the doctor's basically betting, betting on the fact that one of the Silurians can be reasoned with, and then that Silurian can somehow reason with the rest of the Silurians, or that there's a, a component of them that will feel the same way that the leader did. And who knows? Maybe that would have been the case. Maybe not, because it seemed like the majority of the other ones that were left alive of the... Um, of the ones that were awakened from hibernation, they all seem to be totally fine with uh, wiping out the apes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the moderates were gone, basically. And that moderate was the old leader, basically. Yeah. yeah. And he seemed to be the only one. Mm-hmm. Um, poor Captain Hawkins died trying to save the brig. He did save the brig, though. He did, so yeah. he died a hero. He did. R.I.P. Hawkins. Yeah. Uh, 
um, and some other squatties died too. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Liz Shaw in these in these last two episodes? I quite liked her, how she was in on the science and like suggested the uh, something something in the presence of Z nineteen or something. And the doctor says, "Ooh, that." I also liked uh, Carolyn Johns when um, Doctor Lawrence storms out of the room and she just has this. <laughs> nope, contain. I am about to lose it, but no, I shall be restrained. Yeah. Yeah, clenches her fists yeah. slowly. I have done that. I have yeah. made that exact motion with my hands multiple times. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe not necessarily with me, but I've seen it. Yeah, no, I I don't I've never done that with you, but like I've I've been mad at things and that's mm-hmm. that is yeah, it's weird that that's a motion that <laughs> that we do to sort of tamp things down and mm-hmm. cool ourselves off. Wow. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was great. I, I, I really quite liked Liz. I liked that she was trying to protect the doctor when he's writing out this long, complicated mm-hmm. formula. Like, you know, she's, she's trying to sort of be a shield between him and, you know, and the brig, uh, people who are breathing down his neck, yep. which is um, kind of delightful because, the brigadier is also playing, you know, being a shield between his upper management and the the doctor and Liz, you know, trying to, to get things figured out, which is, that's an important thing, as I mentioned while we were yeah. watching it. Uh, a, an important aspect of being a manager is being able to keep some of the crap that happens like up above you in, in the echelons, uh, to keep that away from your team. Mm. Um, you know, don't let the stuff that's not fair, like discipline your team if they need it, uh, Get, hound them when it's appropriate but when it's not just let them get on with their job don't be a micromanager I've taken some management courses <laughs> and uh, and yeah and I feel like that was a nice example of the brig doing it the right way mm-hmm. um, even down to the, the point where like you know he's he's not yelling at uh, at Liz Shaw, but just being like, "What? What is taking the doctor so long? Why is it?" And, you know, Liz is just then she's doing her layer yep. of protection. It's like, just give him some more time, and eventually it gets to the point where even she's like, "Okay, I gotta go check on him." Yeah. And I mean, honestly, it wasn't terribly long after he finishes the. Uh, the formula and then gets taken away mm-hmm. that Liz finally goes to check on him. So like her gut instinct for how long it should take the doctor yeah. to complete this formula is pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's true. Although she probably could have helped, I suppose. No. No? No, because he's transcribing this dis- this d- uh. complicated formula of a thing that he found out. Like you can really only kind of have one person writing a formula at a time, uh. I suspect. that's I think, I think that was the idea. Gotcha. Like she can't help him because he's just got to write it all out. Right. I understand. Um, I I was uh, noticing, you know, because you've been talking about Liz Shaw's costumes a lot, that the doctor is most often not in his standard costume. Mm-hmm. He's usually in this, like, his cave outfit, and then he's in his science outfit, and then at the very end, he's back to his regular outfit. It almost feels like, oh, how very strange. He's in his regular outfit. It's, it feels like weeks since I've seen him in that. Yeah, it feels overly formal because mm-hmm. for a while we see him like in his shirt sleeves, you know, sitting in the control room yeah. of the cyclotron room or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And yeah, so like he's just wearing a tight white T-shirt and like showing off his muscles and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is Doctor Who. Like what? Mm-hmm. people are going, Where, this is not my Doctor Who. Where is the cavorting around in space and wearing frock coats and the TARDIS and stuff like that? And now all of a sudden there's a Doctor Who in, in a T-shirt showing science stuff and... It's weird. With a very visible and prominent tattoo when he's doing yep. some of his stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doctor Who has changed. It has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's fine. Did you like this story overall? Yeah, I really did like this story overall. I kind of wish I wasn't 
quite so tired when I watched the last two episodes. Right. That is a shame because I, I feel like I did not enjoy them as much as I would have if I were at the top of my game. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. And I enjoyed the third Doctor almost all the way through. Like, I didn't notice too many moments where I was going, ugh, that's the third Doctor I was expecting. Uh-huh. Uh, no, he was... <clears throat> He was pretty delightful. Oh, the 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 few moments that I was kind of like I could do without this were just when he was being attacked by the Silurians and was making ridiculous, you know, eyes bugging out yeah. type faces and sliding to the floor. That's not my favorite thing in any Doctor's era. I don't care which one it is. If it's one of my favorites, if it's one of my least favorites, I don't like it when they pull silly faces. Yeah, he's like a bug-eyed monster, to quote Cindy Newman. Yeah, B E M. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad you enjoyed the story. I, I have uh, come to have new appreciation of it, um, mostly because of the music was, was annoying to me, but I've I've come to terms with the music now. I didn't feel like there was that much of the crumb horn in there. I was ex- See, I was, I was expecting it to be like the Sea Devils, where that obnoxious sound is all the way through, or at least it seemed like it was. Right. Um, and it was just, you know, here and there. And there were definitely moments where it felt like it was comic like the kind of thing i expected on a variety show or a <laughs> sitcom or something right. like you know the next act is a, act is a bunch of jugglers welcome <laughs> them to the stage burr, 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 burr. i want someone to dub over a laugh track over the cliffhanger of episode six <laughs> where they come through and then john pertwee's like big face and stuff <laughs> have the laugh track <laughs> and then cut to applause at the end you have been watching john pertwee's doctor who oh my God. someone has done that probably it's, that would work that, that would, would absolutely work. work because yeah that particular moment is very just comedic it just sounds like they're like the music is laughing at them yeah or with them i don't i'm not sure mm-hmm. most of the time i don't mind it uh i noticed that the uh, sort of the theme music for the unit soldiers is like it starts out sounding kind of like taps and yeah. then changes a little bit but yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting because I mean I know Taps is played at like military funerals and like Remembrance Day ceremonies yeah, and stuff. I was gonna say Memorial Day in the yeah. states and uh, and yeah, so it's interesting. Like, was that supposed to be a a clue to us all the way through yeah. that lots of these soldiers are gonna die because <laughs> lots of them did? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the intention of Carrie. I don't know what Carrie Blyton's intention was, or was it yeah. just. Let's see. This is a, a military organization. What song do I know that's associated with the military? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know Taps. <laughs> let's yeah. let's do a riff on that. Yeah, I, not, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, and then at the at the I didn't realize we had this at the end of episode seven. Uh, we have uh, an Easter egg, which is a remade. Mm trailer from back in the day with the linking audio from an off-air uh, audio recording what do, you, what do you mean what do you mean remade as in like so the uh they there's a black and white um reel of john pertwee's turned to camera mm-hmm. in character to talk about various things that are happening that exists 
and they have an off-air recording of the audio mm -hmm. with the BBC announcer and then the clips that they used. Mm -hmm. And so they basically took those existing John Pertwee clips mm -hmm. and then subbed in the appropriate clips from the stories and then tacked on the, the BBC announcer audio from the original thing. So remade the trailer from 1970 because that's that aired right after the Silurians. Okay, so what we saw is basically what was seen by viewers at the time. Wait, right. so John Pertwee looking at the camera with the black behind him is yeah. not part of it's not part of the story that is a specially shot promo for the episode oh thank heavens <laughs> i thought it was part <laughs> of the episode and yeah. i was like what the hell is this oh. okay yeah i was a kind of appalled yeah no no that was a specially shot promo I, there I, it's not the first time that they've done like different kinds of specially shot promos mm -hmm. um for doctor who but that's one that actually oh, sort wow. of exists enough for them to be able to put together again okay well i mean you know good for them for for yeah. for doing those all along good for them for putting this one back together so we can see it mm -hmm. however i do have to say that their idea of what is exciting and what is going to draw viewers in is the opposite of what would work on me i was watching all of those bits and stuff and if you have this dvd version you know you can watch it and yeah. see all of that stuff was making me go if i was if i was a person back then i'd probably go maybe i can just skip this next story None of this looks interesting at all. The only interesting bits were some of the things that the doctor was saying, uh -huh. like, you know, plot type things. Uh, yeah. But the fact that he was like his head is floating in this black vacuum and that he was speaking that way made me very uncomfortable and upset. And I'm very glad to know that that's not that's not actually how yeah. the episode works. No, no. I'm glad we had this talk then. Yeah. Um, it it uh, The ambassador, I will say, just as a teaser, mm -hmm. that the ambassadors of death is one of my favorite Doctor Who stories of that's, all time. That's not a teaser. That's a thing that I know, and it's know. I'm terrified to watch this story. Well, I mean, the, yes, as you saw in the trailer, there are action bits, but there also are non-action bits. I'm more. I'm just terrified because I know you like it so much, and I'm going to feel really bad no. if and when I don't like it very much because I also know some of your other favorite Doctor Who stories of all times that I don't think very highly of. So I'm worried that like the your apex is my nadir as. <clears throat> sometimes tends to be the case so i don't i'm not looking forward to to watching this and then you know discovering that yeah this is this is okay and then having to talk to you about it on a podcast in front of i don't know how many listeners i, I am not here here's the thing mm -hmm. i i know your i already know of your pertwee feelings going in to this entire podcast mm -hmm. and i am not going to be watching ambassadors of death looking over you every 10 minutes going, huh? Huh? Isn't it brilliant? <laughs> I fully understand that you might not like certain aspects of the story. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that other aspects will maybe win your approval. I will say that it's directed by Michael Ferguson. Ooh, okay. That's exciting. Who directed, of course, The Seeds of Death and, and whose direction you quite enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And it his direction is a reason why I enjoy this story so much as well. So... Um, yeah, I'm, I've been looking forward to this. Our friend Liz, Liz Miles, your Verity mm -hmm. podcast mate, wrote a book about this. I know. And that's actually one, that was the next thing I was going to say yeah. was that, uh, that I know that Liz loves this story so much yeah. that, that she actually wrote a book about it. And, uh, Liz and I don't always have exactly the same taste, but I think we have very similar tastes when it comes to the most important parts mm -hmm. of Doctor Who. So the fact that she likes it so much makes me makes me much more sanguine mm -hmm. going into it, um, especially considering, I think, her opinions on, on 
some of her lesser favorite stories are also similar to mine. Right. So like, you know, kind of the, the, there's enough of a matchup that like I trust her taste mm-hmm. um, for the most part. I'm not sure what's going to happen when we get to the time monster, but <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with all that said, I'm just intrigued to see what you think of it. But that, but that is further down the line. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about our, 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 our next few steps with, with this podcast. And now that we've sort of hit a, our arbitrary goal. Yeah, this is, this is, this is where we sort of slow down and yeah. go back to actually living up to our title. Yeah. Lazy Doctor Who. We are definitely going to be taking a break for several weeks at least. Several weeks? You think that that long? Hell yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, here's, here's what we have to, so this, this will tie in. Uh, with actually let's let's go to this because we've actually called up the script now the official <laughs> incomparable membership script because mm-hmm. uh, it's membership drive uh, month here at the incomparable yep. um so so Erica tell 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 the the listeners <laughs> what they've won <laughs> what they've won uh, yeah I will point out that normally uh, there wouldn't be two different membership please in the same day from the same podcast technically it has passed midnight so we are now on a second day uh usually these things uh, we prefer to spread them out more so it doesn't sound like we're just obnoxiously begging right uh but because of the way things worked out like this right here is just the beginning of the 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 couple pledge weeks that we're having and as i said we are going to be taking a break for a little while so this is sort of our only chance to kind of get this in so i apologize for sort of repeating ourselves but last time i totally had to wing it and this time i get to read the script which is good because i'm so tired yeah you sound perkier again at the end of the podcast as you usually do well in part because i got the adrenaline rush from being scared to death of (laughs) what of watching the ambassadors of death gotcha Mm -hmm. all right carry on all right, so uh, so this is the time of year when we remind you about how you can support this podcast by becoming a member of The Incomparable. You can sign up for a monthly or annual pledge to support this podcast, Lazy Doctor Who, directly. So here's what you do. You go to theincomparable.com slash members and sign up. You will then be asked to pick the shows on the network you would like to support. If you just check the box for Lazy Doctor Who, your entire contribution will come to us after a few fees are taken out. If you listen to other podcasts on the Incomparable Network, you can also check their boxes, and you should. That's actually not in the script. I just, I'm just i just saying that. There, there have been a couple ad-libs off-script oh. for what it's worth. How dare you tell on me? I know. Well, one of them says podcast name in all caps and bold, and you said Lazy Doctor Who instead, so I'll take that one. <laughs> okay. True. I am super busted there. Yep. Anyway, uh, if you check their boxes, your contribution will be shared equally by all the shows you want to support. Yeah. As a thank you for supporting us, members receive lots of extras. There's exclusive bonus audio, a bootleg podcast where you can hear episodes of shows right after they're recorded without having to wait for the edited version to arrive. Congratulations, you're listening to the bootleg version of Lazy Doctor Who. Yeah, basically Lazy Doctor Who is always a bootleg version. But I will point out for things like the game show feed and um, Total Party Kill, the Dungeons and Dragons um, and Gamma World sometimes podcast feed, those are sometimes recorded months in advance like six months in advance sometimes Mm -hmm. so sometimes it's worth it uh like super worth it to to have the bootleg available for that because you can you can get way ahead of the game um and sometimes it's really funny to listen to the unedited versions of game shows like low definition because steven you are the editor of low definition and sometimes what's the longest recording that you've cut down to a shorter amount i think there's one recording that's about two hours 40 minutes i managed to chop it down to like an hour 
30 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like a good hour and a bit mm-hmm. have been cut out. <laughs> yeah. I basically do a giant spinal tap because the first version of this is spinal tap was like six and a half hours long mm-hmm. and they pared it down to 82 minutes for the final version because they had to, you know, mm-hmm. make the humor get, but, but people want to watch those clips and stuff. And so that exists for those people and the final version also exists. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like I know a lot of people who have watched basically all 6 hours and all of the extra uh-huh. extra stuff of this is Spinal Tap and they love it, but they also love the fact that you have this, you know, pared down well edited mm-hmm. movie and it's the same thing. The bootleg version of low definition is its own beast. Yep. And then the tight version that you put together with mm-hmm. the uh, with the sound effects and everything yep. is is a a different beautiful creature. All its own. It is. It's like the 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 bootleg feed is like the raw studio footage that you find on season eighteen and nineteen Doctor Who Blu-ray sets. That is a great comparison. I always can tie it back to Doctor Who, fam, all the time. Anyway, continue with it. I forgot where you left off. Oh, I, don't worry, I got things. Oh, yeah. I know where we're going. Uh, another thing that you get as a as a an extra for being a member is access to a members only community on Slack. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and Stephen and I are both in there. There's a Doctor Who channel. You can come and talk about Doctor Who with us and a bunch of other people who also really love Doctor Who. And it is an enthusiastic crowd with a lot of really fascinating opinions. Um, and yeah, and you can only you can only come and hang with us there if you are a member of the Incomparable. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, since this is pledge season, many of the shows on the network will be posting bonus episodes just for members. And as we mentioned on the uh, two episodes ago yep. of Lazy Doctor, earlier today, basically, mm-hmm. as we mentioned, we are going to sit down on the internet with Paul Cornell and Elizabeth Miles and talk about their Doctor Who history, watching Doctor Who, just just stuff. It's going to be sort of Lazy Doctor Who style in that we're not necessarily going in with a huge plan. We're going to just see where the conversation takes us. Yeah. We're going to pretend we're all sitting on this red couch together and it's going to be fun. Yeah, it will be fun. Um and also, uh, unless that's going to wait to the end of your thing. Okay, I'll tell. Uh, because um, many of you know, we did an offshoot, a spinoff podcast mm-hmm. for The Prisoner, the 50th anniversary of The Prisoner, mm-hmm. called In the Village. And then I think, was it almost, was it a year ago for the Incomparable Membership Drive that we did episode one mm-hmm. uh, for members only of our In the Village of the 2009 Prisoner mm-hmm. reboot, which we found we enjoyed a lot more than we were expecting. And then we haven't watched the last five episodes. So one reason why we're taking a short break from Lazy Doctor Who is we're going to resume watching the remaining five episodes after we watch episode one again so we know how the show went. And then do those uh, five episodes as well. So so that is going to be a, a sort of a bonus podcast for our In the Village thing as well. Mm-hmm. Yep, for members only. Yep. So, I mean, you know, the the our, the regular In the Village episodes, you can go back and listen to those if you have not yet. And we do highly recommend watching The Prisoner and, right. and, and hopefully listening to our podcast as well. But but yeah, talking about the 2009 uh, American movie classics miniseries yeah. version is going to be a thing that we're going to be doing over the next few weeks um, just for members. And yeah, that's another reason why I feel like we're probably not going to get back to Doctor Who again for... A little while. A little while. And then the NHL playoffs begin like April 10th, and that will tie up 
my free time watching hockey from like 5 p.m. till like midnight every single night for at least the first two weeks during the first round of the playoffs because it's a very exciting time for me and stuff. And you like hockey too. And if the Oilers are in the playoffs, fingers crossed, uh, then that's even a more bonkers time. So so that will eat into our time a little bit. So I hope you enjoyed this flurry of activity <laughs> uh, because we knew it was going to sort of um, taper off a little bit. But we're lazy. We'll get back to it. One of my favorite stories of Doctor Who is on uh, next in our run, and I'm not going to let us linger mm-hmm. so long that we don't get to it because I want to get to that story. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. But yeah, I just I I think it will probably be a little while. A little while. And that's okay. Yeah. In the meantime, if you are an incomparable member, you can come into the Slack channel, and you know, like if you want to know, I need to know what Erica and Steven think about blah 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 whatever it is in Doctor Who history that is a place that you can always find us um, because we're pretty good about answering when we're tagged pretty quick in there Um, so yeah there are contribution levels at $5 $10 and $20 per month and annual equivalents are available as well and if you're already a a member A we love you that's not in the script either. I just said it because we do. Yeah, we do. We love our listeners. Mm-hmm. Yep, we love our we lo- we love our listeners who help pay for our food. <laughs> yeah, actually, if the Oilers don't go to the playoffs, that's less money for you since you work for them. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> please become a member. Uh, if you're already a member, yeah, we love you. And you're groveling now. I am a little bit. I am a little bit. Uh, it's easy to increase your pledge to a higher level and get some special goodies in return. So if you'd like to support us, go to theincomparable.com slash members to sign up. Thanks. There we are. You did it. That was the script. All of that was in the script, including the bits that I said. Um, <laughs> so there, uh, that wraps it up for, for this then, our, our little uh, our little marathon push to the Verity recording so you wouldn't have to watch the story twice. But as it turns out, maybe you would have actually enjoyed watching it twice in short succession. Who knows? Um, we'll never know. We'll never know now. But I am I am always glad to, to watch Doctor Who with you on this podcast. And so I was very happy to sort of, you know, maybe not at quite the breakneck speed that we did for a little <laughs> bit there, but it was nice to sort of pick up the pace a little bit and watch watch some Doctor Who. But uh but yeah, uh, we'll be back to laziness. Um, and who knows? Maybe maybe a time will come and we'll have some downtime and all of a sudden there's a Lazy Doctor Who episode in the feed because that's just how it works sometimes. Yep. You just never know what you're going to get with us. You never know. You never know. All right. Uh, is that it? Yeah. Any, anything else to say? Uh, I, I really like the story and I'm, I have much higher hopes for the third Doctor era than I expected, or at least season seven. At least season seven. That is... Uh, the best news of the day. Mm -hmm. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye.